Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sea Latte. We talk all things simpler living, wellness, lifestyle, and everything in between. So grab your favorite latte and take your first break with us. I'm your host, Pana. Joining me is my co-host, Denise. Break time starts now. Food. We all love food and need it to survive. But do we really know food? Specifically, the food you and I eat. Do we know what's in our foods and how to make our hard-earned dollars stretch without wasting such a resource? In today's talk, we'll be taking a closer look at some of our favorite pantry staples, specifically the label, and decode it from top to bottom to get a thorough understanding of what it all means. We've selected a few of the most common ingredients found on many packages and break it down in simple-to-digest terms so you know what you and your family can consume or it can. See what I did there? Some of the items will surprise you like they did me, especially because I consider our household somewhat healthy. In the second half of this episode, we'll talk some of our favorite freezer-ready food items and talks of how to detect a non-organic produce from an organic one. Be ready for some jaw-dropping tidbits. Are you ready to be shook? So let's start out with disclosing we, or I should say I, am not a nutritionist or a dietitian, but we simply want to help with the epidemic that is our lack of health, and since most of you are parents, childhood obesity. I really do believe food is medicine, and we are what we eat. And obviously, cooking whole foods is ideal, but not always possible. Again, when going through some of my own pantry staples, I was surprised at how many additives I found. So felt the need to look them up, and these are some of my findings. First, let's start off with a side-by-side comparison of, in my opinion, America's favorite side dish, mac and cheese, of course. A top go-to for the kiddos, right? Yup, and while it's fairly simple to make from scratch, let's face it, it's easier and most of the times cheaper to grab the box variation. Now, I usually gravitate towards the Annie's brand as it's made with organic, sometimes gluten-free pasta. But recently, while at our local grocery store, my boyfriend saw a limited edition Cheetos version. Uh-oh. Yeah, you can see where this conversation is headed, right? I mean, it's okay to indulge once in a while, but if it's a pantry staple, this is where it can pose issues later on. So let's take a look at the ingredient list on Annie's. Pretty straightforward, where the first ingredients are organic whole grain wheat pasta, cheddar, parmesan, Monterey Jack cheese, cornstarch, whey, ricotta cheese, salt, and non-fat and cultured pasteurized whole milk. Okay, next are sodium phosphate, annatto extract, onion powder, white pepper, and silicon dioxide. So far, not a terrible list. Okay, let's look at Cheetos mac and cheese. Oh boy. (laughs) So again, from ascending to descending order, you have your wheat flour, whey, cheddar cheese, salt, palm and canola oil, maltodextrin, natural and artificial flavor, corn syrup solids, modified cornstarch, lactic and citric acid, monosodium glutamate, yellow six. My gosh. Cultured nonfat milk, autolyzed yeast extract, buttermilk, hydrolyzed soy protein. Jeez. No, blue cheese, (laughs) guar gum, xanthan gum, iron, niacin, disodium guanolate, disodium inosinate, thiamine mononitrate, riboflavin, and folic acid. Well, at least you got some vitamins sprinkled in. So I know what sodium is, but what's disodium? My thoughts exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, this list has almost double the amount of ingredients. So let's start by decoding some of the ingredients that don't go by the food name. 
again, we won't be decoding all. We'll be here all day. But we picked up some of the most common ones that we see regularly, giving you an idea of what they are and if you feel safe consuming regularly going forward. First of all, before we start this, how often do you look at the back of packaged or boxed goods, Denise? I only look at the back of the box when I'm trying out a new product to ensure it matches what's labeled on the front. For example, if it's gluten-free, vegan, etc. So do you ever see natural flavors? Yes, I do. Okay. So let's start with that being an ingredient we see all too often. I mean, you see this even in tea. Yeah. Is it really better than artificial flavors? (laughs) Although natural flavors are derived or extracted from plant or animal sources such as spices, fruit... Fruit juices, vegetables, herbs, bark and root leaves, it is still lab created, thus highly processed, containing many chemical additives as are meant to enhance flavor versus enhancing nutritional value. So let's move along to sodium nitrate, not to be confused with sodium phosphate, as are similar and I believe used for similar purposes, preservation, although the latter also intensifies flavor. Now sodium nitrate is a kind of salt that is commonly found in lunch meat. So while you think you're being healthier eating a gluten-free sandwich with packaged jelly meat, in reality, if consumed regularly, it can cause issues later on, including the big C word. To my understanding, after processing, such meats become carcinogenic after consumption. Wow, that's scary. Agreed. So, Denise, a two-part question for you. How often do you eat salads per week, and what's your favorite salad dressing? I eat salad quite a bit. And as for dressing, everyone knows I'm a basic gal. So my dressings are simple. A lot of lemon, a pinch of salt, and lots of pepper. Kudos to you, man. That is awesome. Because if you're buying salad dressing from your local chains, you'll want to hear this. So what is maltodextrin? According to Medical News Today, it is a white starchy powder that manufacturers add into many foods, including salad dressing, to improve their flavor, thickness, or shelf life. It's inexpensive and easy to produce. Now, what's scary is it's high on the glycemic index, meaning it can cause a spike in your blood sugar, so making you crave more of it. Because maltodextrin is just another name for sugar, of course, also an ingredient in your candies and baked goods. Those with diabetes should steer clear or at least minimize consumption. Shall we continue? Oh, gosh, I don't know. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) So you'll probably know the next one because it's been in the hot seat for years now. I'll give you the scientific name and you can guess the acronym. Monosodium glutamate. Let me guess. (laughs) MSG. Ding, ding, ding. You just want a year's supply of MSG. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Where do I collect? (laughs) This flavor enhancer has been banned in the West because of claims of numerous adverse effects such as headaches, numbness of face and neck, palpitations, nausea, chest pain, and insomnia. Remember that restaurant we would always go to in Oklahoma where we'd eat lunch, but always left exhausted? Mm-hmm. I uh, think we may have solved a mystery here with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, let's talk food dyes, specifically red 40 and yellow 5 and 6, which are the most common ones. So as we know, these dyes are synthetic color additives made essentially from petroleum. Red 40 is found in sports and energy drinks, popsicles, cereals, jello, and even protein powders, while yellow five and six are found mainly in processed foods, i.e. boxed mac and cheese. Both have been linked to aggression and mental disorders like ADHD in children. Red 40 is actually banned in the UK, Japan, and other parts of Europe due to its carcinogenic, aka cancer-causing properties. 
Oh, yeah. Sadly, the overly processed is widely accepted here. Right? Like, if it resembles food, let's eat it. No, but on a serious note, if you can't pronounce it, should you be eating it? Now, let's talk some of our favorite freezer-friendly foods. Before we start, I should mention that according to Feed America, nearly 40% of all food in the U.S. is wasted, equating to $161 billion worth of food. It's also said that in 2021, 42 million may experience hunger due to the coronavirus pandemic. We live in one of the most wasteful countries. We sure do. So many of us are still homebound, thus trying to keep it safe by cooking more at home, leading to leftovers more often than none. Now, I personally don't mind leftovers, but I know many that can't stand the thought of them. So decided this was the perfect opportunity to share some of our favorite food items, whether cooked recipes, produce, or herbs that can be tossed in the freezer and not lose its integrity, which is key because there's nothing worse when you thaw something out and it's straight slush. Ugh, unless you're making soup or a smoothie. Absolutely. So (laughs) let's start with some of your favorite produce items to freeze. Well, since I make Ralph's food, some of his produce items that I freeze are broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, and even ground turkey or chicken. And how long does it usually last in the freezer? It'll last in the freezer for about a week max. Once it's cooked, then I store it in the fridge for two to three days. Well, we love our freezer, sometimes a little too much, where we end up having to play Tetris with our items just to make everything fit, as some things are stored for months. Now, some of my favorite produce items to freeze are pretty much all summer fruits. Some of you may remember my infamous summer hit smoothie from episode two, and the main ingredients in it, including mangoes, nectarine, and bananas, all of which, by the way, are super freezer-friendly. Let's just say I'm thankful I can still make it in the dead of winter because the nectarines and mango can keep for up to several months and tastes just like it did in the summer. Of course, chopped up and ready to toss in a blender because I want that plucked straight from the tree taste. I tried buying fruit frozen during the off season, but even organic is just not the same, like zero comparison. I forgot to mention that I also freeze bananas to make nice cream. And I meant to ask you, have you tried that recipe yet? I have not, but I'm hoping you'll share with us some of your favorite recipes. Coming up in the product highlights. Okay, perfect. Now, as far as greens go, spinach and kale do well in the freezer, especially if using them in soups or smoothies. Kale will keep its integrity for weeks before getting soggy. And of course, any herbs, particularly basil, that I wasn't able to use in a timely fashion fare as well. As many may know, I travel for work occasionally, so I'll come back to its scent even after a few weeks. And since we're on the subject of basil, pesto can sit in the freezer for months. Remember when you came to visit in January and I made you that pesto toast with spring onions and tomatoes? Yes, that was really good. Glad you liked it, but would you believe I still have that same bottle six months later and no freezer burn whatsoever? Now, personally, I love the Kirkland brand pesto at Costco. Of course, I love making it fresh as it's pretty easy, but why when Costco's is literally a 10 out of 10? For $8, I can have it sitting in my freezer waiting for me to spoon out portions when ready to use. And since I'm the only one in our household that really eats pesto, it will last, clearly. Now, other items I'll tend to toss in the freezer include chicken stock, particular soups, and even homemade lasagna. Speaking of pesto, there's a Peruvian dish that's similar called tallarines verdes. Some of the main ingredients are basil, spinach, and queso fresco. And since we use up all the ingredients, whatever sauce is left over, we'll toss it in the freezer and it will last for about two months. 
So, obviously, this was a brief discussion on some of our faves to toss in the icebox. Maybe not so creative to others, but motivation to some. If anyone does have anything creative or related tips and tricks, share with us on Facebook. Bottom line, your freezer isn't there to just house a tub of ice cream or make ice. So use it and together let's waste less. Before we end this episode, let's quickly talk produce and how to detect a regular label from an organic one, which real quick is super easy because organic produce will always have a nine in front of their labels. Basically, most labels have a four digit code. So organic will have a total of five. Yep, this is correct. Now, fun fact, did you know when purchasing veggies from the Cruciferous family, you don't need to buy them organic? So like your broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, bok choy, cabbage, and kale. Why is that? They basically produce a compound that deters harmful insects, thus requires less spraying, i.e. pesticides. So pretty much always on the Clean 15 list. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really cool. I still wash my produce out of habit. What's on the updated list? We'll actually be sharing this year's Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 lists on our socials due to lack of time. Now, if you don't know what we're referring to, basically anything on the Dirty Dozen list simply means that you should always strive to buy organic when a produce is found on that list, as those are often the ones with the most pesticides. So those 15 items found on the Clean 15 list indicate the lowest amount of pesticides found, and you don't have to buy organic, especially if you're on a budget like us. Absolutely. You got it. Guys, don't forget to save that list to your phone under favorites. Hashtag life hacks galore. For today's highlight, we'll be sharing a variation of ice cream, which is basically frozen bananas blended to that perfect ice cream texture without the guilt. And you can add whatever toppings you like, such as vegan chocolate chips, cherries, or granola. Check out Zia Latte's Instareal for inspo on that. Well, folks, another episode full of nuggets and jams. I mean, gems. We hope you feel a little more motivated and quote-unquote woke with this episode, as we know many of you are busy business professionals and often overworked parents who wish you had the time to cook more quality meals, but simply don't. We hope you use this episode as a resource on what to stay away from, really anything with language you need to decode, steer clear. Our future generations deserve better, but when you absolutely can't due to time restrictions, don't forget to look at the back of your box. And remember, not all produce needs to be bought organic. Now, if you want to dig deeper in the subject, check out my Insta stories, as I'll be including a couple of my favorite social media accounts that focus on food labels and everything related. Thank you for tuning in to See a Latte. We hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a quick review, as it really does help us out. I'm your host, Pana. You can check out my Instagram page for everything wellness and simpler living at my son Maverick. For behind the scenes, updates, life hacks, and inspo, join our community on Facebook at Cia Latte, spelt C-Y-A Latte. Until next time, Cia Latte. Latte.